Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen and that is Mr. Tyler Guthrie. How's it going? Pretty good, actually. We had a actually interesting racing weekend at Daytona. The cup race is probably the first uh, good super speedway race since the next gen car came out. One of these days, I'm hoping when I ask how's it going, you actually tell us how it's going for you and not straight into racing. <laughs> That's how it's going. We're doing the podcast. Is, that, I'm thinking is, your, is your whole life racing? At 6.21 p.m., yes. That was an hour ago. No. That's right now, buddy. No, that was an hour ago for me. You're on the stupid time zone. Well, you're on the stupid. Fair enough. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, So, lots of racing this weekend. Uh, Daytona. What else happened this weekend? Milwaukee. Uh, Daytona, Milwaukee, Gateway. Uh, Yeah, all kinds of crazy, action packed racing. We'll start with we all turn the... left. Yes, you're correct. They did all turn left and only left unless they were not going the right direction and they were going into the wall. <laughs> Brad Which... Kozlowski. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, then, then there was Brad just running circles. He was still going left, though. He was still making he left was. hand turns. So he was. technically he followed that rule as well. He did. Good job, Brad. Now. Ryan Blaney and Ty Gibbs didn't at one point, but no, they definitely turned right. <laughs> yes, yes, they did, as well as a bunch of other cars because they turned right. Um, but lots of good racing this weekend. Lots of subpar this. <laughs> lots of subpar racing this weekend as well. We'll start with first race of the weekend, Xfinity Friday night from Daytona. Um, one of the final races of their regular season. Honestly, I didn't think there was a lot happening in that race. Unless I'm forgetting something, I don't really remember anything of note happening in that race. I actually missed the last overtime restart and didn't even see the finish because I was having to watch the race at work and then somebody called me for something and by the time they got off the call the race had already finished. So I didn't even know until Tyler told me a couple minutes ago that it was one of the closest finishes in Xfinity history of Allgaier over Creed. So I missed the most exciting part of the race. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. It was pretty like, okay race. There was some good pack racing, but other than that, it was kind of, yeah, there was not a lot of three wide, mostly just two wide. They never, they never did that stupid thing that the Cup Series always does, where they just go single file for like 30 or 40 laps, which is good. Um, I was going to make an argument before I watched the Cup race about how the Xfinity race was the reason why we shouldn't have every race at four and 500 miles, and then the Cup race was actually decent, so that kind of destroyed that point. But yeah. yeah, I mean, not really what we're used to seeing from the Xfinity series on a weekly basis. They're usually kind of the barn burners of the weekend, in my opinion. So just a nice average Xfinity race and a Justin Allgaier win. Yeah, and from what I saw, it didn't seem like a lot of people were happy about that. I don't know where the resentment for Justin Allgaier has come from, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people are huge fans of his at this point. And I'm I'm not sure I understand that, because I've always liked Justin Allgaier. I don't... I don't get the hate for him recently. Yeah, he seems like a decent dude. I think most of it's just the fact that he's been in NASCAR for forever at this point and still like if you're going to be in NASCAR this long, you should kind of be 
kicking puppies in the Xfinity series, and he's just not. So I don't know that I would support anyone that's kicking puppies. Yeah, tell that to Mike Vick. I don't support Mike Vick. (laughs) (laughs) The Eagles quarterback that got arrested for... uh, Yes, I I know who he is. I I don't support him. Well, I didn't say you you support him. No. Okay. Played for the the Eagles. I don't support that at all. Oh, well, okay. Not sure that should be the number one reason why you don't support him, but, you know, (laughs) to each their own, I guess. Um, Yeah, I... I don't know. Not a lot to talk about with Xfinity. I mean, Allgaier picking up the win. We're that much closer to the Xfinity playoffs. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, there was a couple of wrecks in there. Trevor Bain was super fast. I keep getting very yeah. disappointed because I really want to see Trevor Bain finally pick up a win now that he's in the best car in the field. And he's he's up there every single time he's in one of those JGR cars. And it always seems like something goes wrong. Um but the good thing is, it does seem like he is proving that um, he does have the talent. It was more the Roush equipment that was holding him back for a while, and it finally seems like that is not the case anymore with the JGR stuff. Speaking of Roush stuff, though, where have they come from? When did Roush become a powerhouse again? Is it because of Brad Keselowski? Is Brad Keselowski now the goat of car owners? Is Chris Busher now the championship favorite? I have so many questions following Saturday night's cup race, and it all revolves around RFK racing. <laughs> okay, well, that's a heck of a way to segue into the next little <laughs> section here. Um, but it was a segue. May not have been a good segue, but it was a segue. <laughs> okay. No, I I see what you're saying, though. RFK has been knocking it out of the park here recently, and I don't think we should be surprised if they were good this weekend. I think the past couple weekends that they've been good, like that, like two back-to-back races that Chris Buescher got, we should be probably surprised by that. But them being fast at Daytona, we should be used to that by now. They were really fast, literally out of the box, the first time they were on the track together when we had the duels, like, what, last year? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know why anybody would be surprised to see RFK do well at Daytona. Um, It was really impressive to see the two teammates hook up at the end of the race and just go flying into the lead. Um, You got to feel it for Brad Keselowski at this point. I mean, yes, he and Chris Buescher both made it into the playoffs, but... Brad still hasn't gotten a win with the team that he co-owns now. So I think in this case, I got to ask, when's it going to happen? I honestly, I think it could have happened Saturday night and he chose not to, because he was being a good teammate and a good team owner Um, because he had the speed at the end. He could have made a run there on the last lap and he chose not to instead chose to push Busher to the win. Um, it very well could have happened Saturday night, and he chose not to. So I don't know that it's a question of when it's going to happen, because it, it could have happened at this point and probably should have happened at this point. And I don't know that he's necessarily in that mindset of needing to win at this point. He's more focused on building the team as a whole, and if that means pushing Busher to the win, that's what he's going to do. 
Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. It's just really disappointing at this point to see Brad so close to winning with the team that he owns because I know that'd be a hell of a victory celebration and just so much work that Brad's put into not only RFK but his entire career to be able to have a team that he owns and still be able to drive the car and he's basically shoved Busher to three wins or something now because the race that Busher won earlier this season uh Brad probably should have won that one too if it weren't for pitch yeah. strategy um so yeah I mean I hated Brad when he was with Penske just that that's a Penske thing I love Roger Penske I hate the team um but it'd okay. be really cool to have Brad win a race that I actually am excited to see him win <laughs> yeah no I I agree I um I mean, I've never really not liked Brad. I've always thought he was he was kind of a cool guy, had a good personality. Um, but it is nice to see him now more in more of an underdog role, because, I mean, when he came over to Roush, that team was basically in shambles. Um, so I don't know that you can call that team necessarily an underdog anymore, uh, because they've definitely shown, especially over the past few weeks, that they very well could be the best Ford team right now. Um, so I don't know that you can call them an underdog anymore, but at the same time, now that he's in that owner driver role, you almost want to root for him because you want him to be successful unless you're just one of those people that hates him and you want to see him fail, which I mean, to each their own, I guess. But um, I and I feel like I'm in the majority here. Maybe I'm not, but I. Um, I feel like I want to see him succeed. He's done so much to build that team back up. I mean, Roush was one of the powerhouses in this sport 15, 20 years ago. And as far as they fell before he showed up, and now to be able to build them back up into, really, I think I would call both of those cars a championship threat now that we're into the playoffs. I really think Busher might be the sleeper championship pick right now, if he can continue on this momentum that he's got. So to be able to see Brad build that team in this way and them continue to get better and him be close to a win every week, you just feel for him and you want to see him, him finally win that race when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. It is fun to see uh, RFK get a little upswing and momentum. And I would be, like really surprised if uh, Chris Busher is able to come away with the championship after the way the team was performing last year, which really just speaks to the, uh, a testament to all the employees there at RFK. They have turned that team around in the past two years, and both of them getting in the round of 16, really impressive. Uh, a little bit different note, 23-11, both drivers also got into the top 16 for the playoffs, and we have a track house car with Chastain in there, which just that's beautiful for the future of NASCAR having mm -hmm. all these different people in there. There's what, 10 teams in the top 16 now this and year. You got McDowell in there um, in the front row. And McDowell, and he's coming on hot at a good time too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually looking like this championship might come down to a proverbial wire. I would, or we still have Phoenix as the championship race. I mean, so technically, it always really does because of the format. Yeah, but I feel like this year it might be actually interesting and make us wish that we didn't have this format the whole time. <laughs> True. I mean, realistically, 
I, as much as I think Busher might be the sleeper at this point, unless something weird happens, which it always seems to in the playoffs, I feel like this championship realistically is probably going to come down to either Truex or Byron at this point. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll uh, see yeah, what happens I, there, I, but Truex there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Truex has been hotter more recently than Byron, but I mean, Byron did go out and win at Watkins Glen, so it's not like Byron's been cold lately, and it's almost like maybe there's they were saving something for the playoffs, maybe taking the Jimmy Johnson strategy. Johnson always did that; like he'd go out and either, depending on the system they were under, he'd either build up big enough points gap early in the season to where he made sure he was in the in the chase or he'd win a race or two to make sure that he locked himself in with a win and then through the summer kind of cooled off and then turned it back on once the playoffs started maybe Byron and Rudy Fugel are taking more of that strategy where the summer really doesn't matter if you're already locked into the playoffs so Take that off, experiment with some things, and get ready for the playoffs, and then turn up the wick when you get into the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, with how many points and wins that they already had this season, this whole summer was really just take a swing of a sledgehammer at all the mm-hmm. setups and see see what happens. And with teams like that, you have the liberty to be able to do different things like that, whereas other smaller teams don't. I just, I hate how... <sighs> the playoff system just funnels you down to one race at Phoenix to Phoenix really. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to change this format to make, to like actually have a fair ending of it. The like round of 16, 12, eight is growing on me sort of, but I still hate the championship four. I think it's stupid. Um, we're never going to have an actual true champion. It's just whoever can be the fastest at Phoenix. <laughs> well, so the last episode we did, I think that was the last episode. We talked about that video I did a few years ago on what I thought would be the quote unquote, perfect playoff format. I don't think there is a perfect playoff format, but um, if I remember correctly, I think what I came up with was um uh, you don't reset points between rounds. You'll still have your rounds. You still get cars eliminated after after every three races or whatever, however many drivers you put into the playoffs. Um, the only time the points are reset is at the beginning of the playoffs, and you just add like 2,000 points or something. That way, the playoff drivers are separated from the drivers that didn't make the playoffs. After that, never gets reset again. After every round, you eliminate the bottom, however many, depending on how many drivers are in there, until you get to that last race. You can have up to four drivers going into that last race going for the championship, but if less than that are mathematically eligible, then so be it. Maybe you've only got two guys going for the championship at at Phoenix or wherever. Maybe you've got three. Maybe you've got four. Maybe only one. Maybe one has clinched it by that point, and that's the champion. So be it. Some years it's going to be like that. I think that's the best way to do it because you still got a playoff system in that case, but then you are still rewarding what they've done for the entire season. And then I, I think I also said get rid of winning your end, but if you want to reward winning, award more points for the win. So 
In this case, I want to say, I think it's like 48 points is the max you can get right now. If you max out, um, no, it's more than that because you get stage points factored in also. Yeah, I think it's like, it's like 60 si- or 70 something. Yeah, it's 60, 60, I think, or 65 or somewhere in there. So if you really want to uh, to reward winning, make it like 90, 95, 100 points for winning. And then you go down to the normal points from second on down from there. Yeah, that's a good idea. I guess we'll just have to see where NASCAR takes this playoff format, because as much as I bitch about the playoff format, I do think they might be on to something there. Just got to tweak it and see how it goes. And you can't just stick with the same thing every year. As as much as they want to just have something similar every year, got to change it up a little bit we've been doing this for however long and it's always the same thing somebody gets into the round of four that probably shouldn't be there and then we show up at phoenix and there's three competitive cars and one that's just far and away from the rest of them i don't you know. mean ross chastain should I, have been in the championship four last year probably not <laughs> <laughs> even after the hail phoenix. melon huh I also hate Phoenix, which doesn't help no, fair any enough. of this at all. Yeah. Miami, tolerable. You're... Phoenix, no. Where's tolerable? Miami. Oh, Homestead. Yeah. Nobody calls it Miami yeah, except Phoenix. for NBC. <laughs> Homestead, Miami Speedway. Right, but nobody calls it Miami. Everybody calls it Homestead. Mm. Except yeah. for NBC, because they want to make it... Oh, we're in Miami. Not really. <laughs> kind of, but not really. It's uh, better than when we used to go to Charlotte and it was Lowe's Motor Speedway. Or how everybody calls Gateway St. Louis. East St. Louis? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not even in East St. Louis, it's in Madison. I know the IndyCar app this weekend just said Madison. It didn't say Gateway. It didn't say St. Louis. It was just Madison. Like, well, technically, no Gateway I mean, is it's not part wrong. of the name. Uh, well, I was gonna say I don't think Gateway is even part of the name anymore, but technically it is because it's now what Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. No, it's just WWT Raceway. Is it? Did they drop the at Gateway? I'm pretty sure. I know in the beginning when they first when WWT first got the naming rights, it was Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. They must have dropped the at Gateway, which mini rant. I hate it when it's like a sponsor and then the race like mm-hmm. it should be the track and then or do like what the Indy 500 does, the whatever at the Indy 500 sponsored by whatever. The sponsor is not the most important thing of the weekend. It's the race. Get over it. They pay the big bucks to have their name on the race. I because that okay, a giant so, so that rant about sponsorship and NASCAR right now. <laughs> see, because that's the thing. Those are two different sponsorships. the The full naming rights for the race. So let's say, um, let's take Daytona this weekend for example. The Coke Zero Sugar Four Hundred. I don't remember if it had a presenting sponsor or not, but let's say presented by Walmart. Um, Coke Zero Sugar paid more money to be the Coke Zero Sugar 400 than Walmart paid to be the presented by Walmart. 
And the only reason the Indy 500 doesn't have a sponsor on the, the actual name of the race, why it's not the Quaker State 500 or whatever, is because it's such a prestigious race and it has such name recognition as the Indianapolis 500 that they won't sell those naming rights. Um yeah. The only the only other race that does that is the Daytona 500. Every other race they don't consider to be prestigious enough. Like the Brickyard 400 for the longest time they did that to where they felt it was we'll prestigious see. enough they couldn't sell it and then finally they decided, well, this isn't as prestigious as the 500. We'll sell the the sponsorship rights for the full race. It was a Crown Royal 400 at the Brickyard. Yeah, it was like Allstate at one point and then it was Crown Royal your hero's name here, 400, and they'd have some random person that won a contest every year. Beef, it's what for dinner, 300. Yeah, and now it's, is it Verizon? Yeah, the Verizon. Yeah, Verizon or Pennzoil. Verizon does one, and Pennzoil does the Xfinity race. I don't remember which one was which. I don't know. Verizon was yeah, the I could, cup race. I could Verizon get into a giant rant about, like, modern sponsorship and money and and motorsport but yeah it'll never be the way it was which is why we have the uh new nascar uh what whatever website they just launched that has all oh nascar classics yeah yeah i've been slowly working my way through that i started at the oldest race on there and i've made it up into like 1963 (laughs) oh Um, you're gonna be doing that forever (laughs) yeah um, well, I mean, we can get real deep down in the trenches of this, but the crux of the matter is we've gone too far with technology in NASCAR to where, unfortunately, sponsorship on everything is a necessary evil because everything in NASCAR costs so much now. All the cars cost so much to build, the teams cost so much to run, employees paid however much that you just can't generate that money from purse money and TV money alone. Uh, TV money is, I think the pretty sure that's the biggest money that the teams get at this point is the TV money, but it's still not enough for them to completely fund their entire operation on if they want to be a race winning championship winning team. So you've got to bring in these sponsorships uh, the tracks have to bring in the sponsorships. Otherwise, they where are they going to get the purse money from? I mean, you can't. You're not going to get that just from ticket sales, especially with ticket sales being down at a lot of tracks. Although it seems like they're starting to pick back up this year again, but you've unfortunately sponsorship is a necessary evil at this point because otherwise you can't pay for what needs paid for in this sport without it. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense. It's just kind of frustrating to have to work around, but it is what it is, and we'll move on and move the numbers forward and all this other <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's yes, I'm still salty argument. about that. Be- I'm still salty about that because I won't buy diecast with the numbers move forward. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already have, though. Mr. No, I don't have a single one. I don't have a you have some on pre-order though. Yet. Because it's Michael McDowell in the Atherin car, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've pre-ordered a few Byron wins this year too. No, I actually haven't pre-ordered anything yet. I just have the McDowell one in my shopping cart. Uh huh. Okay. 
Okay. I have like three indie cars on pre-order. <laughs> well, they haven't shoved the numbers forward. This is true. So that that's not indie part of this still argument. Look hot. <laughs> I mean, that's indie cars still look but... good. So I'll. Whoa! Hey, no, <laughs> you don't get to say that about indie car. <laughs> no, I don't, huh? Now it could be F1 and be the size of my truck. Well, I mean, I need to get an F1 diecast. Like, I'm not gonna go full nice. bore and get this many, but I. I feel like I need to get a F1 diecast. I don't know. Get who. your Max Verstappen 2023 champion one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be Max Verstappen, but I feel like I definitely need to get something F1 related. I got a 2012 Jensen Button McLaren. Oh, yeah? Yeah, back when I forgot he even drove for McLaren. Good. I only associate him with Red Bull. What? Yeah. He never raced for Red Bull. Yes, he did. Jensen Button? Yes. No. I'm pretty sure he did. Hang on. I'm 99% sure. You've got me questioning it. I was 100% sure before you said that, but I'm 99% sure he drove for Red Bull at some point. No. Benetton 2001, Renault 2002... Brackley, two thousand five. Yeah, that's B A R. Honda, two thousand six, two thousand eight. Braun, two thousand nine. McLaren, twenty ten, twenty seventeen. Championship. And that's it. I have defeated Garth in a racing knowledge test. I mean, I Let admittedly know. don't know much <laughs> about F one before a couple years ago, but. Who did Verstappen replace at Red Bull? Uh, Vettel. Who did you're probably thinking of Mark Webber? Maybe I am thinking of Mark Webber. Is 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 Webber who Ricardo replaced? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of Mark Webber. Yeah, because like for the longest time, Red Bull was Vettel and Webber, and then fourteen it was Vettel and Ricardo. Yeah. Huh. I don't know how you got Mark Webber and Jensen Button confused. <laughs> I feel like I got a whole Mandela effect going on right now, because I <laughs> swear I remember Jensen Button being in a Red Bull. I don't think he's even, like, just driven a Red Bull motorbike or anything. I just... I don't think he's ever worn anything Red Bull ever. I'm at a loss right now. Next, you're going to try to tell me that Casey Kane won championship for Red Bull and NASCAR. <laughs> no, because that's NASCAR related. I I at least have a <laughs> decent knowledge base of that. Um, Casey Kane was not great at Red Bull. I think he won, what, two races at Red Bull? One race? Hey, that's better than anybody else did. I don't know. I feel like Vickers might have done better than he did. Vickers won more than that, I think, at Red Bull. He did? I feel like Vickers won I like do not races. Remember, I do not remember the Red Bull part of NASCAR. Hang on. Let's find out here. Uh, I remember having the die cast because I thought it looked cool. But Do you still have it? Uh, It's like a 164 skill to beat the... It's still probably worth a hundred bucks. 
That's fair. Legit, the Red Bull diecasts are going on eBay like in good condition. Even the 164s are going for 300 plus. Wow. Those were really cool paint schemes, though. Yeah, no, they were. 2007 to 2011, and he won one race. Okay, so clearly I am wrong. (laughs) I thought he had won more than that. How many did Casey Kane win at Red Bull? We're just exposing Garth right now. Yeah, like... This is the Garth is an idiot episode. That's what I'm going to title this. Garth is an idiot. Jensen Button, multi-time F1 champion for Red Bull. Also, Brian Vickers almost won the NASCAR championship with Red Bull. So, Kane went to Red Bull for the final five races of 2010, as well as full season 2011, and then it was 2012 the year he went to Hendrick? Yes. So Kane won one race in 2011 at Red Bull. So they both won the same amount of races. So they are okay. So we're we're both slightly wrong, <laughs> right? They're they're tied for most wins at Red Bull. Wow. They also <laughs> have the only wins for Red Bull. <laughs> that yes, I think. Yeah, and I don't. I can't yeah, they, yeah, they have to because nobody in the '82 or the '84 ever won. So yeah, right. Yeah, so that was uh, a trip down our, memory lane there. Trip down memory lane for Red Bull racing that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that happened this weekend. We're just way off the beaten path now, as usual. <laughs> uh, but thanks to NASCAR Classics, you can watch the NASCAR Red Bull cars. <laughs> yes, you can. I don't know which races specifically are on there, because I haven't gotten that far. I'm a few decades off of that yet, but um, <laughs> maybe here in about a year I'll be able to tell yet. you. Huh? We st- we still haven't gone to the moon yet where Garth's at, but... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> We're getting close, though. Um... Hell, we're still not even into the modern era. Still back in the yeah, Fireball, right. Roberts, Cotton Owens, and Joe Weatherly time period. Davey Pearson. I love hearing some of the names they give some of these guys back then. Davey Pearson, Dick Petty. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Where's some the of these Hudson names Hornet? that did not weather the test of time. Where's the Hudson Hornet? I think there was multiple Hudson Hornets. Oh, Jesus. Um, That's I, what I need, one, multiple Doc Hudsons. <laughs> one of the Daytona Beach races, I'm pretty sure I saw multiple Hudson Hornets in there. And I thought F1 paint schemes being the same were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Says the IndyCar fan where all the McLaren cars look the same. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All the McLarens, every AutoNation sponsored car. Yep. Well, it's because AutoNation doesn't really McLaren have a paint blue. scheme. It's just base pink. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can blame that on Meyer Shank and the one Andretti car that's always pink. I mean, to be fair, it's not like you can do too much with paint schemes on indie cars. There's not a lot of space there to do anything with like there is on a NASCAR. Yeah, but IndyCar pulls it off better than NASCAR. Sometimes. They pull Usually. it off better than Joe Gibbs Racing. Dear God. <laughs> and most of the JTG graphic design. Teams. Please, someone that knows 
how to do graphic design. Go to Joe Gibbs, kick him in the balls, and take over. Yes. Please God, and thank you. I, you I, have our permission. The the next time I see the he gets us car on track, I'm gonna throw a remote at a TV. Oh yeah, that's such a bad scheme. I I've like I had like the red cloud of rage in my head every time I saw Trevor Bain this weekend thinking it was Ty Gibbs and the stupid he gets us car. I know, right? The worst part about I'd, that is I'd see Trevor the, Bain and be like, oh. <laughs> the worst part about that is all the promotional material they've done with Trevor Bain in an interstate battery suit. And then he gets out there in a, in a he gets us car. <laughs> to be fair, Ty Gibbs was supposed to be in that car. Boy, he was at the same. Yeah, he was uh, entered in it uh, earlier in the week. And then they swapped out for Trevor Bain because I guess they wanted Ty to focus on the cup race or something. I don't know. Which hmm. I do think it's really funny that three of the four Gibbs cars got into the playoffs and the grandson of the owner is the one that didn't. In all fairness, he was... You can't say it's his first season. Well, no. In all fairness, he was probably about to win that stage, and then Bell turns him. And if he had won that (laughs) stage, if he had won that stage, he'd only been like five points off of Bubba Wallace for the cutoff to get in on points. So he very well could have pointed his way in, whether he won or not, if he'd made it to the end of the race and had finished off where he looked like he was going to get in that stage. Cause Bubba was back like 20th at that point. He wasn't getting any stage points from that stage. Yeah. Bubba so, started moving back up through the field by the end of the race though. Yeah. So to be fair, I don't blame Ty missing the playoffs on Ty, at least in that one race. I blame that on bell. Damn it, Christopher Bell. <laughs> Which, the funny thing are is, there, everybody's talking about Bell. Any, I was going to say, are there any actual Christopher Bell fans anywhere? I think other so. Than, like, I've seen when, some Bell Other than when he was in sprint cars? Like, are there I any mean, he might have carried NASCAR all of those people fans? over, but yeah, I think there's some Bell fans out there. But Did anybody, like, not know who Christopher Bell was, see him come into NASCAR and be like, oh yeah, I like that dude? I'm sure there's some people out there. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have those numbers. I have no idea, but, um, what a sad existence it must be to have (laughs) Christopher Bell as your favorite driver. Um, (laughs) I've seen a lot of people complaining that Bell actually turned Ty to cause that wreck. But if you really look at the, the camera angle there, the one where the camera was directly to the side of them as Ty got loose, they never actually made contact, at least in that moment. Ty was already sideways. They had made contact earlier than that. He had let off of him. Then Ty gets sideways, and Bell comes back. But they never actually touched. There was maybe an inch between them. So it might have been the the error that turned him. I don't know what it was. But um, the it, the moment that Ty actually wrecked, Bell didn't actually touch him. Come on, Denny, show us the data. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, where's Denny when it's his teammates he's got to show it for? Where's Denny when it's actually freaking helpful? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I don't think SMT data would help with that, though. Yeah, but Denny's only to be found with SMT data when he's trying to be petty. Yeah, that's true. For somebody that's so petty, why didn't he go to Legacy Motor Club? 
because he already had his own team at 23-11. That was a petty joke. Okay. It wasn't a very okay. good joke. I didn't say it was. <laughs> <laughs> Zero out of ten. <laughs> uh, anyway. A goose egg out of it. Yeah. So... We had IndyCar this weekend as well at Gateway, St. Louis, WWT Raceway, Madison, whatever the hell you want to call it. Tyler, what happened in that the race? Weird Oval. Yeah, that one. I'm just going to call mini it the Darlington. Weird Oval from now on. The Mini Darlington. Mm-hmm. The Fast Darlington. Well, The no. Mini Flat Darlington. Yeah. The Boring <laughs> Darlington. Anyway, yeah, right. Um, full disclosure, I did not watch that race. Uh... Full so, disclosure, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. That but was... you're the IndyCar guy. You're supposed to watch it. I'm not expected I'm to watch guy. it. You are. Instead, I watched football and the Xfinity and Cup race. So, uh, no, it, it was an okay race. Uh, Dixon got strategied into a win. Um, they had like a little pit stop segment in the middle of the race where a couple drivers got off sequence and then lapped the leaders and then caution came out which i hate takuma sato so much i have never hated a driver more in my life than i hate takuma sato uh anyway and why is takuma sato decided to i just hate him no 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 we, we need an explanation for this why ever so okay the, the people would like to know <laughs> why does tyler hate takuma sato uh, all right, villain backstory. Takuma would like so, to know why you hate him. I do have an actual like villain backstory for this. So Dude. my parents, my parents had garage passes for practice for the 2012 Indy 500, and they had they bought a hat for me. And mm-hmm. every driver they saw, they got to sign the hat, and Takuma Sato didn't sign the hat. <gasps> Clutch is probably. I have. I have 32 out of 33 driver signatures from that race, and Takuma Sato's the only one because he, like, actually said no. Okay. There's the villain back. Why did he say no? I have no idea. What year was this? 2012. The year that he decided to throw it down the inside of Dario Franchitian's fun in the wall, and then all the Japanese sent Dario Franchitian death threats. Even though Takuma caused it? Yep. Okay. Don't like Takuma Sato. Okay, well, at least we now have an explanation. The people now know why you don't like Takuma Sato. Takuma himself now finally knows why you don't like See, him. I'm sure he laid awake at night wondering why Tyler Guthrie doesn't <laughs> like him. <laughs> I'm, I hope so. <laughs> Now, now all the listeners have a legitimate reason as to why I don't like a driver. We will not the, yes, get to the one, rest of them because one single enough. driver. There's plenty of other drivers. One that of we like don't the nine hundred that yet. I don't like. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? We're never going to get an explanation for. We the we need a new segment every week. Why does Tyler <laughs> hate this driver? Insert driver here. Why does Tyler <laughs> hate them? Pick a weekly driver. Why do I hate them? That's right. Next week it's Denny that Hamlin. Would probably. <laughs> <laughs> Could make an hour long podcast of I just don't like him. 
You know, if he legit wins this weekend, because he's good at Darlington, we legit could have an hour-long podcast of just Tyler ranting why he hates Denny. It'll only be like if he takes somebody out to win, which is what he's been doing all year, so... It's entirely possible. Well, no, it's not somebody. It's one specific somebody. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, Anyway, IndyCar race. So, strategy in the middle of the race. Dixon and a couple other cars pitted early, one stop, and then stayed out late. And the caution came out after the leaders came in for their stop, which trapped uh, Colton Hurd of Newgarden and a bunch of other guys a lap down, which... IndyCar has stupid wave around rules, so if you get stuck a lap down in IndyCar, you're you might as well just drive it to the garage and go home. You're done. Um <laughs> which really sucks because there's a lot of good cars that got stuck a lap down and just couldn't do anything about it. Um Newgarden crashed and finished like twenty fifth, so he did not win every oval race this year. Just missed. Oh one. no. Uh I know, we're so sad. Anyway, uh, Scott Dixon, that's two wins in a row. He's chopping into Alex Pelot's points lead, and we'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. There's only two more races left, because why would we have more races than that? Got to keep the people asking for more. You can't oversaturate them with too many races. Now, don't worry, we are definitely not oversaturated <laughs> with anything other than <laughs> Texas races. Well, you know. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Texas, Texas this year was, was good. good this year. This year. That doesn't make up for the last seven. So what happens if Texas next year is good? Then we'll be two for nine, I guess. I don't know. So at what point do you decide Texas is actually good? It's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. No, we need an answer. Maybe that'll be like, that'll be the tandem segment to my why I hate a driver every week will be why I hate a track. It'll just no, be we need, Texas. We need a specific Phoenix. we need a specific date. When will Tyler like Texas? You know what? If next year's Texas race is good, I will retract some statements that I have made about Texas. Some statements. There's some. a lot of statements to retract there. There was still a period of like five to seven years where Texas was just abysmal. Okay. Well, there was a period of about 10 years where the IMS Oval was terrible for NASCAR. But if next year, if they go back to the Oval and it's good, then I'm going to say that the IMS Oval is good. (laughs) So why do you... (laughs) Why do you need such a long period? Ah, jeez. It's different, okay? I don't think it is different. It's it's really not. I. It's different because Tyler likes to hold grudges. I do like to hold grudges. Tyler has nothing if he can't have grudges. So to the Takuma Sato's, Denny Hamlin's, and Texas and Phoenix's of the world, sorry. What are you going to do if Texas and Phoenix both become good and then uh, Takuma Sato and Denny Hamlin become likable guys? I don't know. Find a new hobby, I guess. I think that's tough for you. You're one of those people that likes to get set in your ways and you don't like change, aren't you? Uh, Why would you you point that out? (laughs) Am I wrong? 
That is not nice. Am I wrong? You know what? If if all four of those things happen, I will watch every ARCA race, East and West and Maine, for a whole year. I don't believe you. Me neither. <laughs> what are you going to do if you don't do that? What, now, hold. there's got to be some repercussions here. If, if this happens, oh, if Texas Phoenix... Denny Hamlin and Takuma Sato become good in Tyler's eyes, and you don't watch all those ARCA races, what's the repercussion? Gee, I don't know. I'll finally get dragged to Lucas Oil Speedway. I don't know. <laughs> the dirt track in Missouri? Or, I mean, uh, IRP. Okay. Yeah, it's not lucas oil raceway anymore yeah yeah technically technically now it is lucas oil indianapolis raceway park um actually (laughs) but no (laughs) nobody is calling it that it's it's just uh irp now but i guess you could call it just didn't we just have an argument about title sponsors for tracks and now you're just refusing to call irp nobody calls it that everybody calls it irp now that's literally why okay. they changed it back to that, because Lucas Oil didn't want to give up the naming rights, but they knew everybody just called it IRP anyway, so they changed it back to IRP. Is I guess you could call it I... you could call it lawyer lawyer now. <laughs> Is it funny that I remember it as Lucas Oil Raceway and not IRP? Yes, it's kind of sad. Uh because Yeah. There was a whole nother name in between there, between IRP and Lucas Oil Raceway. We should just do like a. Do you remember that name? IRP. No. O'Reilly Raceway Park. ORP. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's your little trivia segment for (laughs) IRP. It's it's Garth's Weekly. Got to insert IRP somehow, even though Tyler started this one. I did start this. I need to go to IRP. You do. It's the best track ever to exist. I will not accept any other answers. Anyway, in our notes for F1 this weekend, we have Max Verstappen, and I think that covers it. So we'll That's been our that. notes for F1 for about three months now. And that has covered it for the last nine races that he's yes. won. Did they even race this weekend? I know they're in... Uh, yeah, Netherlands. Um, were they? Okay, because they're in Italy this weekend. Um, clearly, I Which, didn't watch Netherlands because I Zandvoort assumed Verstappen so, won again. Has he clinched he the did, championship that, yet? Not quite. He's only like 120 points ahead of his teammate. Really? After all the bad races that Checo had, he's only 120 points up. We only get 25 points for winning. Right, so he's almost got a five-race lead then. Yeah. And how many races are left? Uh, like six, I think. I don't know. No, there's more than that. Uh, Four, five, six, nine. Okay, so in three weeks, Max Verstappen will clinch the championship on points, and the last six races will be completely pointless. Yes, going into Qatar at the beginning of October, he will clinch the championship. We've still got two... At that point, we will still have Qatar, two races in the U.S., Mexico, Brazil, and Abu Dhabi left. Don't worry, guys. F1 is the best form of motorsport on the planet. 
Yep, absolutely. Can't beat it. So riveting and exciting. Those last few races mean so much. God, I hate... It's going to be so exciting at that Las Vegas race when Verstappen's had it locked up for five weeks. <laughs> and he still goes out and wins by 15 seconds. <laughs> to extend his... Uh streak of race wins to like 17 or whatever he's gonna break the record of how many points he wins the championship by i don't even know what that record would be i don't even yeah i don't that would be a good question because he might actually do that i don't know what the record for that is but he might do that he's already broke the record for consecutive race wins has he really nine yeah so in other words we haven't talked about F1 for probably three months, and he's won every one of those races. To be honest, I haven't even paid attention to it in the last three months. And he's See, won every one of those races. Yes, he's won every one of those races. <laughs> the problem with F1 right now is they'll have like an interesting qualifying session, and you'll look at the starting grid for Sunday and be like, wow, that could be really cool. And then when it's a race in Eastern Europe and you wake up and the race is halfway over, you look at the timing and scoring, and you're like, well, that's not worth it. <laughs> yep. Well, as soon see, as you watch the lap one replays, it's like, eh, whatever. That's the thing, though. Red Bull are so far ahead of every other team at this point that even on the races that Max, for some reason, starts in the back, He's to the lead before halfway. Yeah, next time I hear somebody complain about a William Byron or Martin Truex Jr. win in NASCAR, I'm just going to force them to sit through every single F1 race this year. Yep. There's been a couple good ones. Don't don't make them sit through the good ones. You got to make them through, sit through the ones where Max is 15 seconds ahead and he laps the whole field. So, every... Other race? <laughs> yeah, so so all but like two races. There's like three. Yeah, two yeah. or three races that you're kind of like, ooh. Yeah. He I only mean, won was, by eight and a half seconds this time. There, there was a couple races early in the season. I don't remember specifically which ones, but there was a couple races that were decent. But outside of that, yeah, it's, it's not been anything worth yeah, writing no. home about. I was really hoping... Not, not even writing about... I was really hoping that McLaren, now that they seem to have picked up some speed, that they might be able to do something, but clearly they haven't. Yeah, I think... I don't really know what's going on, because they've made their car good on downforce tracks. And then we went to Belgium, which is a high-speed track, and they were awful. Then we go back to the uh, Netherlands, which is a downforce track, and they're awful. So now next week we're going to Italy, which is uh, Monza, which is, you know, mm -hmm. top speed track. So I expect they're going to be terrible. But knowing McLaren, they're probably going to, like, get the pole and be in the lead until the last lap and then get passed and lose the race by 20 seconds. But, you know, speaking of Monza, one of the most fun things I've ever done on iRacing is running cup cars at the Monza Oval. Oh, my God, that's so fun. <laughs> yes. Did you yeah. do like the one where it was like the double track, like where it crossed back over on each other? No, that's the road course, isn't it? Well, Monza, like in the 40s, used to be a double track where you would take the like banked oval mm -hmm. all the way around and then come out to what's now Monza 
and it was like there were no chicanes or anything. Everything was just like smooth corners. Mm-hmm. You'd take that and then come around Parabolica and then take the oval again, and that would be a lap. Oh. I don't think they've got that configuration that you can do on iRacing. Or if they do, I've never done it. No, it's literally just the oval. I think they or got you can it on do, like or you can do the road course or something. Yeah. I think they got to have it on like a set of course or something. Because I've seen people do it, and it looks kind of fun. But hmm. maybe yeah, if no. I win the lottery, I'll get iRacing and a actual computer and a <laughs> sim rig, and then we'll actually stream it. I don't know. There we go. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think I've ever Everybody gotten through buy me uh, lottery tickets. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten through a NASCAR race at Monza Oval cleanly. I'm pretty sure I've always gotten caught up in somebody's wreck during that, but it's still fun. Good to see that Italian super speedways are exactly the same as ours. Right? <laughs> oh, um, speaking of ovals, uh, Milwaukee on Sunday had trucks and ARCA doubleheader. The truck race, not hardly anything happened. Uh, Grant Infinger won the pole and dominated most of the race. Had to fight his way back late, uh, but still came back, won the race, moved uh, Carson Hosevar out of the way. Um, or no, was that the other way around? No, it was the other way around. Was it? In- I thought, I was, Infinger... for some reason I was thinking Hosevar moved him and then Infinger got him or back. Wait, no. I'm yeah, Hosevar moved him, and then Infinger got him back. Somehow um, I mistook uh, Infinger for uh, Majeski, so I don't know how that oh. happened. Well, Majeski was fighting from the back all day because of penalties, um, so he was never really in contention. About that, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Infinger basically dominated the whole thing. It wasn't even really close for most of it. Um which was interesting given that this week GMS officially announced that they will be ceasing operations at the end of the season. Um, so for them to go out and win the next race after they announced that was kind of cool, even if it was kind of boring. Um, surprisingly, the ARCA race was actually more exciting, um, even though it was, again, the Sawalich and Love show. And Sawalich dominated the whole thing, but then... Late in the race, on a late restart, Jesse Love takes the lead. After a few laps, I think they got down to like five laps to go or something, so Wallach moves him out of the way, puts the bumper to him, moves him up a groove, gets him out of the way, and then Jesse tries to retaliate and misses and just drives it straight off into the corner and just completely misses the 18 car, was trying to move him back, I don't know if he was trying to wreck him or if he was just trying to give him back the same thing that he got, but he completely missed, and that was that was the end of it. Yeah, that was really pathetic to watch, in my opinion. I I know we've said our piece about Sawalish this season, but he hit uh, Jesse Love in the rear bumper like eight, nine times in three laps and finally moved him just enough to be able to get by him. I don't and remember then him hitting takes Jesse that much. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember him hitting Jesse more than maybe once before that. So maybe I missed it, but it, and maybe you're right, but I don't remember him hitting Jesse that many times. Pretty sure he hit him like two or three times, like on the lap that he finally bumped them out of the way. He hit him two or three times in one and two, and then hit him entering three 
and then in the middle of three and four and finally got him moved out of the way. Either mm-hmm. way, it that's not really the kind of racing you want to see from guys that are up and coming in NASCAR. Especially no, since it basically you know, if if that's the case, um and I missed it, basically pulling a Sean Hingarani, basically. Pretty much. Which is discouraging for the future of the sport, really, because these are the guys that are going to be in trucks, Xfinity, maybe Cup in the next couple of years. And there's no racing etiquette. And we've already have been having that problem in the top levels in NASCAR recently. And as much as I like to see beating and banging on short tracks, don't hit the guy four times in one lap and expect him to not take a swing at you. But mm-hmm. if you're Jesse Love, it's if embarrassing gonna, yeah, to see somebody. Jesse, you gotta, it's you gotta it's get embarrassing it right. to see somebody. It's embarrassing to see somebody take a swing. It's so much worse to see a miss. Yeah, right. See, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, and I know the argument is always, well, this is the series they learn in. So I guess you can apply that. Also, this is the series they learn how to retaliate in. But I mean, it's still it's embarrassing really to watch when you, people. huh? It's not really what we should be teaching people. <laughs> no, but I mean, I get that can be an overarching umbrella term to say, well, this is the series they're supposed to learn in. Well, I guess they got to learn how to do these things right also. But because clearly Jesse, Jesse Love, wasn't Jesse that Love smart learned with from it. the Danica Patrick School of Retaliation this weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I don't know. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty, um, pretty embarrassing to watch like yeah if you're gonna do it you gotta do it right you gotta because i I guarantee in that moment jesse was seeing red because he and sawalich do not like each other so the moment that sawalich put the bumper to him and actually got him moved out of the way and passed him i guarantee you jesse was seeing red and he was like oh no you're not doing this again <laughs> and just basically drives down into the next corner thinking he's going to drive straight through him but he wasn't close enough to do it if he'd taken a step back breathed and thought been like okay i'm not close enough to make it work this time make a good corner here and maybe i'm close enough in the next corner to get him because i'm not close enough here and i'm just going to look like an idiot when i do this Jesse Love went full Chick Hicks mode at uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Either yeah. way, that Which was... Which is kind of like a crappy weekend for Milwaukee, because as much as I've been excited to see this track come back to top levels of motorsport, like we've even discussed IndyCar maybe going there soon, then the truck series drops a dud. And the ARCA race is just the top two guys trying to take each other out for a lap and a half. (laughs) So, unfortunately, as much as I like Milwaukee, that is what ARCA has been for three years now since they've come back to Milwaukee. Uh, It's been 18 car dominance with not a lot else happening. I mean, the 18 has now led, uh, what is it, fourth? 413 of the 450 laps that have been run in the three years that ARCA has been back at Milwaukee. Ty Gibbs dominated in 2021. Sammy Smith dominated and won last year. And Swalich does the same thing this year. There's legitimately across those 
three years, 37 laps that was not led by that 18 car. And I think yeah, most of I those would, came in this race. I would argue that that's just kind of what ARCA is at this point, is the Venturini cars just taking it away. And the 18's not a Venturini car. Oh, it's not? No, oh, it's a, gets- a GDR car. Yeah. So the Toyota's taking it away, yes. Okay. My point still stands. The Toyotas, the Gibbs and Venturini cars. But yeah. that's kind of what ARCA is every week. And, I mean, yeah, we can point at the track because of statistic, but that's just the normal now. And you got to learn to expect that from ARCA, I guess. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I had a point I was going to make, and now I completely forgot. Um, he went full oh. pointless arrow. Yeah, right. Um, there was also a small altercation after this race as well. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I did not see that. Between Connor Jones and Luke Finhouse. Because um, late in the race, Connor, I don't remember exactly what happened, but Connor Jones did something that moved Luke Finhouse out of the way, and Finhouse lost a bunch of spots. I think they were battling for like third or fourth or something, and Finhouse fell back to like eighth or ninth. Um, so after the race, Jones comes over to Finhouse to, I guess, apologize or talk through it or whatever. And it looked like mostly a civil conversation. And then Finhouse's crew chief came over and starts talking to Connor and literally grabs Connor, shoves him up against Luke's car and lets go and then walks away. And Connor, like, takes the water he's got and just, like, throws the water at uh, the crew chief and then walks away. <laughs> oh, jeez. But it's very weird that the drivers were having a civil conversation and the crew chief is the one that steps in and gets heated and gets physical. Like, the crew chief is the adult in this situation. <laughs> he forgot to pump the arc brakes in that conversation. Yeah, right? Although I did see... Yeah. And um, Finhouse, well, there was interviews with both of them after this. I saw an interview with Finhouse, though, where he was basically saying that that was just a rich kid move and it was real stupid. So while Finhouse was not happy, but he at least seemed to be keeping it civil when he was talking to to Connor Jones. Yeah, that (laughs) we've seen that in NASCAR before where just random crew members start escalating the crap out of a situation. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. see, that's the thing. At, at higher levels, it's one thing when it's all adults. It's another thing where these are 15, 16-year-old kids. Right. I think that's what we I mean, forget if- in ARCA. And clearly, Luke Finhouse's crew chief forgot that when he literally grabs him and shoves him up against the car. Like It's an assault on a minor. <laughs> I, I was about to say, like I'm not trying to like start anything here, but I feel like that would count as assault on a minor. So, I don't yeah. know. I'm not trying to start anything or get anybody in real trouble or anything, but I feel like that falls under that. Yeah, I don't... I guess nobody really decided to push the issue with it, but... Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't do that. And if my kid no. was racing an ARCA, I wouldn't want that to happen to him. So Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We got anything else to talk about with NASCAR this week? I don't think so. I think it's time to move on to predictions for this week. We've got uh, 
A few races coming up this weekend. Arca will be at uh, back on the dirt this weekend at Ducoin for the second mediocre dirt race of the season. That will be Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on FS1 from the Ducoin State Fair. We're not going to do predictions because, of course, we don't have an entry list yet. What'd you say? Sunday night. Yep, Sunday night. Well, it's it's a holiday weekend. They used to oh, do it on Monday. Ew. Yeah. Oh, I have a story. Uh, 2018 Ducoin, when they were still doing it on Monday during the day, it was uh, like 95 degrees with a heat index of like 105, 110, something like that. I about passed out from heat stroke, and I'm just standing out there. I'm not in a car or anything. It was ridiculous. Like, if you go back and look at my interviews post-race from that day at Ducoin, my face is as red as a tomato. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Um, Anyway, F1 this weekend also. Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern on Sunday from Italia, from Monza. The Italia Grand Prix, or Grand Prix. That one might. Grand Premio d'Italia. Jesus. That one might actually be worth watching. Italy's, like, Monza's actually usually fairly decent. Yeah. Probably Um, be, but, you know. Probably not. Um. Sticking with IndyCar, that'll be Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on NBC for the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland. Tyler, who you got for IndyCar? I think Scott Dixon's going to keep the ball rolling and take another win here. He's been really competitive ever since they started going back to Portland. He's always been at the front, and I think he's going to get it done three weeks in a row. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's got the momentum right now. Wouldn't surprise me. I, though, am going to go with the guy that has been dominating on every road and street course this year. The guy that is well on his way to winning the championship. Alex Pillow picks up another one and I think would basically lock up the championship if he won, wouldn't he? I don't think there's any way anybody could beat him at Laguna Seca if he wins at Portland. No. Okay, so, yeah, I, th- I think he goes ahead and locks up the championship by winning this week. On to NASCAR, Xfinity and Cup from Darlington this weekend. Xfinity will be on Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on USA. Tyler, who you got for Xfinity? I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. I read a stat earlier today. Uh, Hendrick has not won an Xfinity race in a really, really long time. I think the year that was put out was like 2009. It's the last time a Hendrick entered car has won an Xfinity race. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see that HendrickCars.com paint scheme in victory lane again this weekend at Darlington. I mean, in all fairness, there was a long period of time in there where Hendrick wasn't fielding an Xfinity car. But it does surprise me that that 17 car has not won uh, this year or last year with all the cup guys that they have put into it and as fast as it has been most weeks. So... Yeah, you may be onto something. He almost won this race last year, as did the guy that I'm picking, Sheldon Creed. They both came very close last year, and then I believe Noah Gragson ended up getting both of them when they got together on the last lap. So 
I think Sheldon Creed finally pulls it off this weekend. He's been so close a lot of times lately, and this is a track that he came so close in last year, and I think he was close in this race in the spring, too. So, um, oh, and he's yeah, just think... coming off of being as close as he possibly can be to winning a race this weekend. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I think he finally picks up that win and, and locks himself into the playoffs. Cup Series will be Sunday, also from Darlington, round one of the playoffs, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern on USA. So ARCA going up head-to-head with uh, the Cup Series, because I'm pretty sure Cup won't be done by 9 Eastern. So, no. As usual, not great scheduling on ARCA's part, but either way. strategy, we'll see how it works out. (laughs) Right. All right, Tyler, who you got for Cup? I said I wouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm picking William Byron this weekend. I think he's going to sweep Darlington this year. He's been really, really fast. Like, every time we brought the next-gen car to Darlington. And as much as I wanted to pick Chase Elliott, just because of how funny I think it would be if he won the next race after the the playoffs started. That would be funny. I'm going to pick William Byron. Okay. I mean, that's a solid pick. Darlington clearly is one of his best tracks. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I, though, I'm going with a guy that uh, Darlington is one of his best tracks. He's won a lot of Xfinity and a lot of cup races at Darlington. I think Denny Hamlin punches his ticket into the round of 12 this week and cruises to a victory at one of his best tracks. There you heard it. That's right. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, So at that Uh, Enjoy all the racing this weekend from Darlington, Portland, DuCoin, Italy, and everywhere in between. And we'll see you, should see you next week. Uh, Same time, same place. At that, I'm Garth. That's Tyler. And this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.